a big sip. Oh my goodness, y'all. I don't think y'all understand exactly how dope this episode of The Big Sip is. This individual is just like such a chingona. She's such a positive light. Everything that she does is all for la comunidad. Um, And she's just such an inclusive, positive being who's just like doing the damn thing despite whatever challenges come her way. And she's helping to bring what I love the most about this is she helps to bring a little bit of uh, Mexico home here to us right here in Napa Valley. I mean, I don't think there's anything more authentic than the business she's been able to create. I'm talking about none other than this incredible dreamer who's not just a dreamer she's a doer Cinta Cisneros which by the way right before we were actually live you started telling me like it's all about the hype crew right like that's what really motivates you that's what's gotten you to where you are which we'll definitely be diving into but so 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 excited to have you here anything you do you have to hype uh, you have to have a crew to hype you up 100% Um, and so yeah this is beautiful this is awesome I'm so happy that you do this so badass (laughs) As soon as I got an email from you, no, no, no. I was just checking out all these other awesome stories that, again, we don't know about Mm -hmm. and that should be highlighted. So thank you. I'm I'm really grateful. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of stories, I know yours is definitely one that is just a whirlwind of a journey. Can we start like right at the beginning, whether that's the beginning of La Cheve or maybe just a little background around you, your upbringing, cultural influences, like who is Cynthia Cisneros? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Mexicanita born in, in Michoacán, La Piedad. I, I do remember little random images of, you know, coming across the border um, when I was four. And, and all I can remember is just Napa being my home. This is mm-hmm. where I grew up. I've been here since since then. And la, la chinga, como dice mamá, you know, like <laughs> the hard work that they um, that they put in day in and day out, getting up at 2.30 in the morning, 3 in the morning, and still to this day they do it. So I don't even know where to start. It's just been... Like, I keep thinking of, like, images, right? Things mm-hmm. that really create who you are. Mm-hmm. And I just, I never want to forget, you know, going from being in an apartment, sleeping on the floor till I was 15. Yeah. Um, getting my first bed, what that felt like. When we moved from an apartment to a mobile home and how my first reaction to my parents was like, oh, my God, this looks like a hotel. I was so juiced and, like... Those images, you know, you think back as an adult and a child saying these things, you're like, dang, like the journey, you yeah. know, it, you can't forget those things. And so now, you know, going through and, and, and just the journey of opening up a spot in the oldest building in Napa Ooh. in like a, a, the food Mecca, you know, that people know around the world is mm-hmm. wild to me. Like I still get goosebumps from that. Like I just, it's, it's just so, it's so crazy. Um, how things have worked out and have happened. Um, but I never, ever want to forget my journey. Um, I'm still the little humble, you know, Mexicanita that, you know, I, 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 I it's just, it's crazy. I don't even know. It's just a crazy <laughs> journey uh, that I'm still taking in, as you can tell. 100% knowing me, me, imagino. And it's interesting that the first thing that you go to is bringing up those humble beginnings because. Uh, I feel like when it comes to a lot of kids who have migrated here from a very early age or even first generation Americans whose parents were the first immigrants here, there's almost like this different understanding and perception of seeing all of the struggles that our parents went through and how maybe at the time, como niños o niñas, children, we didn't conceptualize 
or or couldn't really fathom maybe the the little bit that we had but it felt so rich and so full you know it's like your parents despite waking up at 2 a.m and having to go work whatever they were working and in my case my dad was working in the field so it's like he'd leave at like 4 30 in the morning and it's like you still never felt alone or abandoned or even when they weren't around and you know we're pulling crazy hours elsewhere it's almost looking at all of the sacrifices that they made that makes you have that drive and that determination and to know you you put it best yourself when you said when your mom called it la chinga you know because it is you get exhausted but we've all got some work to do you know it's like what kind of level of work do you want to put in and um if you can reap a beautiful business out of it at the end of the day and you know end up with something that preserves the oldest building in napa like i need people to understand that like we're talking about a building that was here in napa that was located here in the 1800s before california even became a part of uh the united states it was still part of mako mm -hmm. yeah like that's how far back we're going mm -hmm. right now no yeah and i think that's the most i think the most beautiful way to continue that story that we have is that these great things that we love, food that we love, beer and we love baked goods, conchitas, like mm. what a space to like be able to share that with la comunidad. You know, it's 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 it just feels like you're in you're you're in grandma's house. It feels like you're in a different part of the world. You feel like you're in Mexico. You do not feel like no, you're in Napa when you walk crazy. into your restaurant. And it's just I love that. I love that people feel comfortable. I love that all ages, races come in through my door and every time they leave with the smiling face, like it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and the staff that I have, I'm so blessed. Uh, the people that keep supporting us are locals. I just keep coming back. People that drive from, you know, Woodland, from Sac, from, you know, Walnut Creek, mm -hmm. all these other cities that I thought were locals because they come so frequently, <laughs> you know, it's like, dang, you make the drive to like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so it's so awesome that in this space, we're able to provide all these great, big, um, you know, just really cultural, rich food yeah. uh, that people really, really love and, and enjoy. And I'm, I, again, I, I still don't know. Like, it's crazy to me. It's just so crazy. <laughs> You're like, I'm really doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like when you think of something for so long, and I, I think just growing up, I just didn't. Not that I didn't know what to do, because I've always had passions for different things, mm -hmm. but I've always wanted to help my parents mm. and in uh, my family. And so for me, I just didn't know how I could bring that all together. Mm -hmm. um, so when I went to college, I almost felt like it was a selfish thing. Like, I did it for myself. But then my, my parents brought me here for that. So I was like, well, I need to do it for them. Right. And then I get my first job, and it's like my first, pay my first paycheck. I buy a couch. I'm like, yeah, I got a couch. <laughs> you know, things like that. And I'm like, but still feeling that selfish kind of thing. And you're like, how can I sprinkle some of this yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then thinking back about your community, too, because without my comunidad, I wouldn't have been able to go to college. 100%. Um, I went through college for through private scholarships. And mm -hmm. so it's like, well, I need to give back to them. I need to give back to the kids that are struggling, like just like me, that needed to. And so it's just, this is like the, the most perfect way. Again, if it didn't work out, at least I tried. But 100%. it's just, it's, it's, it's so amazing to see that we have been blessed to now give back scholarships to undocumented students in our in our community. Really? We're providing five and I'm so excited. Oh I was just like gosh. these are things that I'm just like that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I get up para la chinga como dice yes. mi mamá. Um and Con we're all working together. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. So it feels good. 
Oh my really gosh. Yeah. I just fell in love with you even more. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I did not know you guys were also giving out scholarships mm-hmm. for undocumented students. Yeah. And I love that you pointed out undocumented students because people do not understand the difficulty that goes behind not being documented, maybe growing up here your entire mm-hmm. freaking life mm-hmm. and yet still not being able to have access to the same resources right. as everybody else around you. I'm sure that impacted you as you were growing up and that's why you had to source out all these private scholarships was aside from the goal always being helping out your parents was starting a business always in the back of your mind as the vehicle to doing that or mm-hmm. how did La Cheve really come to fruition? I, I always think about that. It's, I, you know, as a kid, you, you, I saw my parents and I never thought like, oh, I'm going to open up a business to... I'm, it was just more like, I want to provide. Mm-hmm. So I think it clicked for me maybe when I was, I was, when I was a high school teacher, um, I, uh, that's when I really kind of still wanted to do stuff at home with my parents. And so my mom was always making cakes, um, killing it in the cake world since <laughs> I can remember. Right. And then my dad and I would, you know, drink a beer on a weekend. And so then I really got into making beer. Um, and so I started nerding out like, Oh, you know, I want to make some cool, you know, make the same recipe, but different water uh, qualities and see if it tastes different. And Mm -hmm. I just really nerded out because I'm a big science nerd. That's when I, my brain started kind of thinking like, well, I, you know, it'd be cool if I open up a brewery. I'm like, Oh, but then if I bring my mom into this, that would be tight. Like that would be the way to bring it together where we can all work together and Mm -hmm. make a family business. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know anything about business, anything. Uh, We don't learn those things in school. (laughs) They teach us everything else except for the practical things to life. (laughs) So, and then that's when I, I, I sourced, you know, what I, I, what I'm good at doing is just figuring it out, right? How, how can I get to point Z and, you know, go through all these steps right. to get there. And so I started uh, sourcing out to the Small Business Development Center and seeing if they had any courses. I started taking small courses in um, in business and in, in beer making and UC Davis. So I just kind of started taking little classes here and there mm-hmm. to see if it was something that I even wanted to do. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it, now eight years, eight years ago, this is kind of when it all kind of just started slowly here and there. And then, okay, can I actually afford it? Oh, okay. What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So all these like things that just, it was just a a journey of like so many years, but it it never was like immediately like, yes, we're going to do this. It it took a journey to figure out if we were going to be able to do it. Yeah. So, and I think that's so interesting because when you think about when other people talk about opening up businesses, it almost makes it seem like all the success was overnight. Like it came, you know, in a year you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Boom, go done, you know? And to hear you say that it's really started eight years ago, simply out of curiosity, right? Like, let me take this course. Let me figure out what, if there's even interest here, mm-hmm. like, there's a there's real richness to planning things out and doing them in their time mm-hmm. when not allowing this like outside pressure to make you feel like you need to get it done like right then yeah. ahorita in este mismo momento yeah um and and so you you slowly figure that out yeah no and and it, like I think we we all want like gratification now Instant I want it gratification. now yep. yeah and and that was you know once I got to the point where I was like okay I'm gonna do this and then I got to the point of looking for a space um 
I, I told myself not to get married to my business idea just because I knew that if it wasn't the right place, I wasn't going to do it. Mm. I wanted to find an old place. I wanted to make it look old. I wanted to look like a Navarrote, like a, you know, La Tindita en la Esquinita yeah. in Mexico where yeah. they sold papitas and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted an old place. Um, the Adobe house happened to be literally down the street from my parents' house and I would drive by it all the time. So And abandoned for like the last yeah. like what several years yeah. if not decades it, it was um 2014 from the earthquake okay and um, that's when it was um that the owners swapped so we they sold it and then that's when Altumaris came in to buy it um but yeah it took some time to get it you know to what it looks like now mm-hmm. but you know in, 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 you know like i never thought that i would be able to be there like it's like no way i can never afford that building like it's just this beautiful historic landmark yeah old um, adobe yeah. original walls yeah. like you i'm telling you when you walk in it feels like you're in mexico yeah. you're like where am i <laughs> it's in the, and that's what kind of scared me away but again this whole journey there were so many things that you know people question what you have your idea is weird like don't know that's not gonna work here yeah so me to actually find the adobe it took several several tries and several kind of figuring out um throughout you know that process but once i found the adobe i said this is it this is where it's going to happen mm-hmm. just because it felt right right it didn't work out with anybody else and that's where it las cosas out. pasan como pasan yeah. when they're for you they're for you yeah. yeah oh my gosh that's beautiful so then it was it was more of a coincidence that you landed in napa's oldest historic building that happens to have its roots tied to mexico yeah no i mean like i i would i I was living in sacramento when i was teaching Mm -hmm. um and so when i would go visit my family um i would go see them almost every weekend so i would drive to napa every weekend um and sometimes you know i had a lot going on in my head i would just pull over to the adobe parking lot and just kind of vent you know a veces nomás just to listen to some music yeah a veces pachear un poquito whatever it took (laughs) you know and then i would go home to just have a clear mind um and that was just kind of like my spot i never thought about it like that um and i had connected with my landlord maybe in the beginning of my journey when i was thinking about the business maybe like eight years ago when mm-hmm. the building wasn't even done right and he said how much he was going to charge for the building i was like oh uh-uh. I, I, there's no way so yeah. i didn't even consider it um and in the you know the journey of finding the the space i was in negotiations for uh, with a downtown location for nine months and i remember telling my mom hey if this one doesn't work out this is it. I'm not going to do this anymore. She's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. So I go to this meeting and they tell me it's not going to work out because the reason was because they didn't want to make it look old. Because it's downtown and they want everything to be modern and or whatever their whatever ideas and thoughts Correct. are. Yeah. It just didn't work. Um, and was, you know, I, I'm, I'm here like, man, like all this work. And again, me married to this idea. So then I pull over to the Adobe parking lot to cry. Before I go home to tell my mom, hey, we're, we're not going to do this anymore. Because she was getting all hyped up and excited mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And that's the other part. You also don't want to let your yeah. parents down when you're, you, you, there's like this guilt that comes with like, I'm supposed to give this to you. Yeah. And like, so it's, it, that was hard. Um, but in pulling up to the parking lot, that's where my landlord was like knocking on my window. He's like, hey, let's figure this out. Whoever's coming here that wants this building is not clicking with me. I don't want them here. And I keep comparing them to your business. And I was like, oh my God. 
God. <laughs> the signs. <laughs> so yeah, and then that's we literally made it work, and it's been just. La chinga empezó desde boom, boom, yeah. boom, since yeah. then. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. How did you How did you find all these partners to connect with? Was it just you inserting yourself and being like, "I got to figure the damn thing out," or like, <laughs> or like, is that where you would say networking plays a really important role, or or like, como how did everything else just really develop? Yeah, I mean, I with the small business development center is like core. I think that was like where I was able to build my map. And what is that exactly? It's a so the small business development center has a course called Next Level. And in this class you go in, even if you like maybe you want to open up a business, maybe you have a business, um, and you're there to either rework your business to make it either profitable or functional for you, mm-hmm. um, or you want to start a business and so you create a business plan. So you're basically creating like, oh, this is what I do to raise money, this is what I do for taxes, this is what I do for licensing, all the things that go into b- creating a business. Um, and so they force you essentially to write everything down. And so you're forced to contextualize what's going on in your head on paper. Mm-hmm. And in the like the, that actual class, you're meeting people in Napa that are experts in every area. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I'm just like, all right, writing your name down. Pff, all right, writing your yeah, name down. You're you know? going to be my best friend yeah. in five months. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, and that, cause I don't know all this, thing, yeah. all these things. So it is yeah. a bunch of networking. It's a bunch of being okay with not knowing, accepting it, and reaching out for help. That's all it is, mm-hmm. honestly, because I didn't know a thing. Um, and by any means, I don't consider myself an expert in this. I'm still learning every day. But, um, you know, I, I do, I, I'm, I know that I'm able to help someone else to at least get their feet in the water and like, hey, this is what you should do. Small business development centers the like their starting point where right. I always send people. Mm-hmm. Right. And just sharing what your own personal journey looked like so that someone else can be like, okay, maybe that will work for me too. You know, or at exactly. least again, starting point. Yeah. Because when it comes to and I'm not gonna speak for you, I can speak to myself. We kind of shared off air a little bit like there were so many things I couldn't go to my parents for because they didn't have that knowledge. You know, they came here as immigrants. My mom was a refugee from El Salvador. Like I couldn't go to her and ask her, how do I do X, Y, Z? Because she was going to be like, you're asking the wrong person, Mia. (laughs) Like, I wish I could help you, but like, I'm not your go-to person. And to have resources available where you can turn to, to figure those things out when you can't figure them out for yourself and the beautiful community that you depend on around you also doesn't have the answer it's nice to know that there are people out there Mm -hmm. that are putting themselves in positions to be able to kind of spread that knowledge because i think that's the disconnect with so many people that they don't understand between being privileged and what comes with sometimes being um uh, a white privileged individual is, you know, your your parents, you have generational wealth sometimes. That wealth can be financial wealth. It can be equity in terms of just knowledge. Like there are people who are super knowledgeable in investing and you get all of that knowledge transferred down to you so you can keep your money growing. And whereas I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I can't turn to anyone <laughs> in my circle and ask them about investing, you know, let alone starting a business. So uh, again, it just speaks to also the different playing fields that everybody mm-hmm. enters because of our backgrounds yeah. and how we were raised or, you know, where, how our parents got here, how we got here and Absolutely. all of those things. No. And I, and I think going off of that, I, I, you start, I mean, it's clear. I mean, there's not a lot of people that own businesses that look like us mm-hmm. and, um, going into a room where it's, you know, older gentlemen, white gentlemen, 
um, you, 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 you know, it's automatic. Like I just start thinking like, Oh, they're not going to like it. They're not, I'm sweating and I'm just like nervous. And, uh, but it's, 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 it just shows that when you truly have passion for something, people will see that. Yeah. Uh, your community will see that. Um, I got told, no, it's not going to work. Nope. It's not going to work. That's weird. Nope. It's not going to work. No, you're not, you don't even know what you're doing. They're like bun and beer. And you're like, bro, do you know how big this hits in Mexico? Like we've got almost 50% Latinos here. I think that this might be a successful business plan. Yeah. But he, the thing is, it's like what I would do to help myself out. I would always bump. I don't know if you ever heard the song booty by, um, Becky G. Yeah. <laughs> I would literally bump that in the car right before I'm going to any of these meetings. I just bump it and I sit there. I'm like, I got this. I got this. I got this. Hype girl. <laughs> hype yourself out. Yes. But yeah, it's, 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 you know, you have to find those things to help you kind of get there just because there is, there is a lot of, um, things that we don't have readily available to us because of, you know, our background and where, how we, you know, started our journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's people out there that are willing to help us out and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Aside from the small business development center, who do you really feel helped shape your, your future that you're leading right now and also just helped you bring La Cheva to fruition? All I can think about, um, in that journey was, uh, my, my teacher colleagues, Mm. um, they were, they were just like the most diverse group of badass people that, you know, I came in and, and just told them my idea. They're like, "What? okay, all right, well, let's try it. And then I would bring them beer and I would bring them, you know, different things. And they always allowed me to do surveys on them. And they just always, again, going back to the hype crew, they would mm-hmm. always hype me up. Um, and then along with that, my, just my childhood friends, you know, I, they, they're the first ones that I told when I was sitting on the, my apartment floor with them, like, Hey, I kind of want to do this, and they're like, "All right, cool. We'll 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 hype you up. You know, whatever we'll spread you need. the word, exactly." Yeah. Um, and so, just that being like your root, mm-hmm. like whenever I was having a bad day or like got a little down, you know, they're there to hear you out, whether yeah. they know what to do or not. Like, it, I think that was really kind of core to keeping me going to where I'm at now. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Mm-hmm. Especially sometimes when we're met with those no's, it's like damn, I don't know if I can handle another no. <laughs> You're like, I need to keep myself here, but I don't know if mentally and emotionally I can handle otro no. Uh, yeah. And that's where the hype crew comes exactly. in. And they're like, girl, get out of your head. Like, you know you got this. You put down everything that was in your mind on that business proposition yeah. and put it in the work. Like, you are good. Yeah. Someone out there will see you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beautiful thing that you're bringing forward with La Cheve is people get to be seen like your cultura gets to shine like you not only get to feel it and see it but like it you're transported in like directly into it just by stepping into the building with all of that like rich culture and history um i would love for our listeners who are who are listening in for them to know a little bit of that rich history that that lies within those four walls um if you care to uh, elaborate just you know how rich and beautiful it is to to have this here no yeah it's it's the oldest building in napa as we mentioned and it was built in 1845 by cayetano and maria uh, juarez and so they they built it as a home it was a home for them and their 11 children so yep yep (laughs) um and as little as the house is there's a second story where the kids would stay 
Um, and so there's there's just little quirks and around the building that you can see like little pieces of cloth, and mm-hmm. that's the original cloth that they would put on top of the ceiling so when the kids were running around, dust wouldn't go through. Wow. Um, it's made out of adobe with wood, and the wood is original. Um, I would say about 80% of the building is, or the wood is original. There's pieces that had to be added wow. to, you know, help it stay how it looks. Prevents um, it from the next earthquake whenever that <laughs> Yeah, so it's just, it's, it's just this beautiful adobe house, and it stays super cold inside or super warm, depending on what, you know, what's going on. But it's just so you just feel so it's, it's just a coziness uh a comfort mm-hmm. i like to call it um amongst those walls but yeah it's just a really beautiful white and brown and adobe built little building yeah, yeah. which with history dating back to before this place was mm-hmm. even exactly. california as we know mm-hmm. it which I, I think is the greatest part for anybody tuning in you know when we when we truly think about history and primarily what i love especially highlighting with that story, you know, Napa Valley known a lot. When people think about the history of Napa Valley, they usually are like, they picture wine, they picture George Yant when he created Yantville. And you're like, no, there was land here. There were gente here long before that, that are native indigenous to this land. We can run through all of the different native American tribes that existed here beforehand. Other like Latino families that existed here, had their raices here before anybody else did before George Yant was even a thing or a person for someone to know about. And it's that culture that you don't hear the story being told of when you come to Napa. And for me, you hit the nail right on the head when you're like, this is a wine mecca. This is a culinary mecca. People come here from all over the world. And to be this shining light in the center of all of that, that literally just sheds more knowledge on the true rich history that actually dates back to the the mid 1800s. I'm like, yes, this is what we need to be sharing with people. Like this is what they need to know when they come dine at Napa Valley. Like you want to feel like you're transported back in time. Oh, let me walk you into this place that has like the best chorizo and huevos. Um, <laughs> there, I tried this. It was the muleta de, de oh, chorizo. chorizo. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so good. I was like, is my abuelita in the kitchen? Because I'm pretty sure she came back from the dead just to make me this dish. <laughs> Your comedy. <laughs> no, it's it, a lot of love goes into every single plate, every single thing that's out there in in their little casita. Um, my uncle's the one prepping all the main pieces to the to the uh, food, the meat, the the beans, the rice, and then we have some awesome awesome people from the comunidad that work in our kitchen that are putting it all together and hot for you. Um, and then my mom and Maria and another beautiful woman that we just hired. Her name's Nena uh, in the bakery. They're cranking out all the concha, all the cinnamon rolls, all the boozy things you know flan tres le- i mean oh, so you name good. it and it's there <laughs> um and then my beer recipes beers that are you know there that i i created with all this other awesome beer that i like to support that's local so it's like all kind of a lot of love goes into whatever is there um, yeah it's very thoughtful yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. that's it's interesting to me i didn't know that all of this originally started from your own personal passion and love for making beer which just makes it even cooler to know about (laughs) where i love beer (laughs) yeah um how did that start um i guess i got into i i i I fell into the craft beer 
thing, right? So everybody mm-hmm. was just like craft beer, breweries, breweries. Um, and so uh, during the time that I was teaching, I would go to coffee shops to work, to grade papers, to you know create lesson plans for the next day. I didn't want to just stick to one spot. And so I remember I found this one particular uh, coffee shop. I think it's called Weatherstone. Super cool little coffee shop. And they had beer there. And I was like, what? They have beer in here? <laughs> and so it's just, you know, I just started getting into beer. And like, okay, let me go to this brewery and this other brewery. And um, I just fell in love with tasting beer and all the different kind of crazy flavors you could get from it from the changes in hops and the changes in the malt and the water and then i learned that you can actually make beer at home i was like oh well i'm gonna do it too mass can be my own mad scientist (laughs) in my garage (laughs) and i think it was my first uh winter break as a teacher um it was just me and my dad in the house my mom and my siblings were gone for i think a week and uh he's like what do you want to do do you want to make wine Oh, well, I, I I like wine, but I don't love wine. I love beer, though. It's like, well, let's make beer. So we went to the fermentation store, just bought a kit, and we just followed the instructions. And I, it was a rogue porter, I believe. Um, and we just, I think it was the ambiance, just like us, you know, cranking up some, some rolas and just drinking together mm-hmm. and making this beer together. It was an experience. And mm-hmm. it just became like a thing where... Every weekend, once the beer was ready, we were there cranking out more beer. And then his, you know, biking buddies would come over and kind of hang out with us when I was making beer. And it just became a thing. Yeah. And it became La Cheve. So our garage, my dad would call La Cheve. Oh, my god! So my mom would be making cakes. My uncle would make some tacos. We would all hang out in the garage drinking my beer. And that's where the name La Cheve came because he would call the garage La Cheve. He'd be like, oh, let's go to La Cheve. Let's go to La Cheve. So it just became like... Duh, I'm gonna call La Cheve La Cheve. Yeah, like, of course. This is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's kind of how it just blossomed. But I, I, that's the, I think the piece that I miss the most now that it's, you know, I'm the business owner. I don't have much time to be making beer mm-hmm. as I wish I could. Because mm-hmm. um, I love making beer, it's so fun. What is your favorite kind of beer? Oh, right now I'm drinking a lot of um, probably Mexican lagers and a lot of sours. Mm. I go by temporada. I'm yeah. like, you know. Just like wine. Yeah. Todo con temporada. Sometimes I like IPAs a lot. Sometimes I'm really into stouts. It just depends. But right now that's like a lot what I'm drinking. Just really light beers or really sour beers. I'm so jealous because I have celiac disease. So mm. I'm like, I would love to try your beers and I remember before I got diagnosed with celiac disease I much liked beer more than I liked wine and then you know for default purposes you just end up going the other way (laughs) Um, but it's one of the things that I've been jealous about when I do Mm. walk into La Cheve just being like this smells so good like I just want to take a sip Um, and then I don't obviously for my own health reasons (laughs) but but I can only just imagine just how great they taste because you've got growlers you've got like all of these gigantic botellas that people can take home and they do people mm-hmm. love investing in los panes and just the food eating there the beer so it's what you've created i love how organic it all began you know just just something that was passionate that almost had this innocence around it that it was like never meant to be a business but when you started piecing in those the sales, things that you wanted for yourself, that you wanted for your family and just connecting the dots, right? I think sometimes too, that's the 
the missing piece that maybe we don't find is we want to do all these things and maybe we kind of exist in all of the spaces separately and it's just a matter of honing it in connecting those dots and figuring out how do we bridge all of this to actually work together yeah no and i i think i think that's that's key in in businesses you know you want to create something an ambiance uh, whether it's it's a wine right how are we going to create this particular environment for someone to enjoy this wine um and and that's really what it is i just want to create a little little a little environment for people to kind of feel the same vibe that i did in my garage with my mom and my dad and my uncle mm-hmm. um and i i love that people love it I, I i i honestly i did not expect this honestly really i obviously you know you want to be you want it to do well right oh otherwise we wouldn't obviously. start it <laughs> um but i think where i really got you know i like man i do not want to remember the moment when i got my final approval a day before the shutdown of the pandemic last year oh my gosh it was the worst thing i could have i just i couldn't i i was like how like my i have my parents vested into this now like my mom no longer works for where used to where she used to because of this and Mm -hmm. it was so heartbreaking i think that was probably one of the lowest moments for me in this whole journey it's just dang like aquí tan cerquitas and then this yeah um and i still had bills to pay i still had to pay for the roof that i was you know in um and then of course we all lose our jobs because of the pandemic um it was just the 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 point where you're just like man pues yeah like well well, what am i gonna do and so of course you know i naturally con todo i let my emotions out i'm I'm gonna cry about it and i'm like okay what are we gonna do what are we gonna do crying feels so good it does you get it out you just you know and then your mind gets cleared up you're like all right now that i got that out of the way let's get to work yes (laughs) so what am i gonna do to make it work right and so um people were there to support us they're like you know what make some make some stuff and we'll buy it from you so they helped us out before all of this kind of transcended and um may 14th is when we opened our doors and i was just in awe of what a line there was a line the minute we opened to the minute we closed and it stayed like that for a while and it's like sundays on weekends i'm just like what like i look back and i just like sometimes i cry with my mom like i like you never imagine that you know just seeing a line of people excited to be there um seeing the amount of love we get on social media social media has been clutch for us like i cannot describe um what it feels like just to like when you're sitting i remember sitting on like one of the 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 steps outside of the adobe when the pandemic happened and i just got my approval and i was just sitting there just crying i was like what am i gonna do what am i gonna tell my mom um and it was so hard um and now sitting in that same spot and just seeing the amount of people is just like ridiculous to me. I cannot, I cannot, I still, I'm still living the moment, you know, and, yeah. and that's what I learned to do. You just live every day in the moment because you never know. You never know. And so for me, I was like, okay, today was busy. Let's enjoy that. Okay, tomorrow, mm-hmm. we'll see. Right. And then tomorrow's like busy. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Okay, well, let's live this moment. <laughs> We're hella excited right now. So let's just enjoy this moment. And that's just how it is. And that's how it is with my staff. You know, we're busy, we're tired, but let's keep it up. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know if tomorrow's not going to be like this. Yeah. And sure enough, no exactly. exactly. Um, and sure enough, with this pandemic, you know, you get shut down and then you're open again. And then 
you're like, dang, man, like it's, can't catch a break. I know. <laughs> um, but I think it's those moments that really force you to again appreciate those moments of being in the the, the exact moment you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, All of your hard yeah. efforts that you used to pray for, like grant yeah. me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 been it's been I don't even know. I'm I'm still like I think the way I talk is just shows how shook i am by all of this um i know aquí andamos llorando in the studio <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so surreal honestly and it's like an honest kind of feeling that i have and i'm you know i i remember telling my mom like when i open this i want to have scholarship she's like oh okay, okay that's that's cool and now i'm like dang like that is so tight like yes like i just again living the moment just living the moment porque like i said i don't know if tomorrow we have that blessing well and that's what i'm just so blown away with because if we just pull it all the way back like started as something that you were just curious about right you're like let me just take a couple courses here and there something that you were passionate about a project that you did with your dad then then later turn into something that familia would convene around and you created your own comunidad around your home and then you started bridging in all these other people and it became vulnerable in a moment to letting people into this mm-hmm. world that you wanted to create which can be very nerve-wracking Absolutely. you know to there's the judgment there's all the opinions and i know everyone can be like whatever don't care about what other people are going to say but it's like <laughs> we all know that to some extent oh, yeah. we care a little yeah, bit absolutely. um and so and but to just push beyond those fears to push beyond the nose and to push beyond covid of all things that shut you down before you could even open it's just like To then be here and to be like, all right, one of the coolest elements that I could have out of not just bringing this restaurant and vision to life, but being able to have something that can also fund future opportunities for other individuals, like, and bringing that to fruition, like, goose bubs, (laughs) mujer, oh my gosh. Like, I, like, I cannot, I I literally cannot wrap my mind around that because it, to me, there is just such beauty around, don't get me wrong, like, everybody works hard, you know, for the things that they want to bring in their life. Earlier when you shared a little bit about feeling like you felt a little selfish when you went off to college and there's, yeah, that personal guilt sometimes que viene con eso, but to also remember y nunca olvidarte de esos raíces and to be like, no, the best thing that I can do with getting so far ahead and that's relative to wherever our starting point was, mm-hmm. how can I sprinkle some of this goodness back? And my mom always told me that cuando era chiquita. She was just like, if there's anything that you're going to do in this world, just don't forget to stop asking yourself, like, what can you do to just sprinkle some of that back? Mm-hmm. And there's there's no greater thing than to see success for yourself and to be able to take that success and share in that wealth with other people. Thank you. No, yeah, it's like I, I'm, you know, it's it's right now I can and that's I'm just gonna do it because it's just it's it's what I want to do you know no me duele no me duele nada no nothing no. absolutely not and so if I'm, anything they inspira yeah 
yeah i'm 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 like all right cool that is so cool i can't get over it I like can't honestly get over it. i'm like how can people just start funding some cash your way so we can increase these la Cheve scholarships yeah so I'm, I'm what i'm doing is i'm i'm when i came back to napa i wanted to reach out to the organizations that gave me scholarships and so i started becoming either board members or just volunteering to their events their galas and things like that and so um, now uh, with those organizations, now we've, we've created the American Dream Scholarship for those students that are undocumented, um, that are that either have an interest in business or science. Um, so it's it's cool to be working, again, with them because mm-hmm. they were the ones that, you know, hyped Helped me you. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. The American pleasure. Dream. Exactly. That's what, that's yeah. the, la historia que nos dicen cuando andamos en las escuelas. <laughs> and yet here you are realizing that out. Can you share a little bit about your American dream and your journey being a dreamer and the challenges, maybe obstacles, but also beautiful opportunities that blossom from your experience through having to navigate those challenges? I think um, really quickly in that experience, you just have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. at the time, um, there was no Dream Act, so it was actually very hush hush when you were undocumented. You didn't want to tell anyone you were undocumented. Hundred um, percent. And so, for me, I didn't find as growing up as a kid, I didn't really see any differences between other kids and I, so I didn't feel the need to tell them that I was undocumented. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I went to go get my 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 driver's license test. Mm. Um, my mom would actually wake up really early to go to work and then she would take a break to go take us to school my brother and my sister and I and so for, of course the first thing that comes into my head as soon as I turn 16 it's like oh well I'm gonna help my mom out I'm gonna get a car and I'm gonna take my my my, my siblings to school and that way she can just go to work finish work and she doesn't have to come out to take us and she can just come home early so selfless such a good daughter <laughs> so I'm just like I need to do that right so then I, I boy up al DMV you know coming in ready for my test and they're like oh well do you have your social security and so I call my mom oh I'm I'm in the preguntando que por my social security she's like hija no lo tienes I'm like why pues es que no tienes papeles right you don't have papeles you don't have your documents so then I'm like what oh dang okay well okay I guess I, I'll, I'll be fine without a car whatever so I kind of shrugged it off um I was a big nerd in school because I wanted to go to college and my parents told me vas a ir a la universidad we don't know how to take you there but you figure it out but that's what you came here for you Mm -hmm. came here to go to school Mm -hmm. so you can get a better life yep and so one thing they can't take away from you exactly education and so um you know I was a straight-a kid honors classes AP classes just hustling um, and then when I get to applying for schools, I apply to Berkeley. I apply to all these cool schools that I know are big in science because I wanted mm-hmm. to major in chemistry. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with chemistry with Miss Castellazzo and Vintage. I love her, and I love that she comes to La Cheve. I always like freak out when I see her. Um, she was just a huge inspiration, and just she's, she's such a nerd. She's Goosebumps. such a nerd, and I love that she was so nerdy about it. She was so genuine. I hope you've set, side note. I hope you've like sat down with her and like shared all. Of oh this. yeah. I've told her. You're like, over my own beer that I made. (laughs) You're an inspiration. No, I, I, every person that has been like monumental, I've, I made sure to like, Hey, you are the reason I'm doing this. And she's definitely one of them. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to major in chemistry. I thought you could go to college and just be like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor. And they're like, okay, you major in doctor or you major in teacher or, you know, whatever Whatever. it is. I don't know. 
And then when I'm doing my application, I'm like, there's no, there's no option for being a doctor. So I don't know if I should go to this school. I just see science. I see English. Like, what the heck? Subjects. Exactly. And so that's when I was like, someone, one of my, I think, I forget who it was. Someone in the journey was like, actually, you have to pick a subject. Mm -hmm. And then, then you figure out where you're going to go. I'm like, okay, well, I love chemistry. So let's do that. So I get uh, my, my acceptance letters back. And the first one was from Berkeley. And I got accepted. Oh so my I'm God. pooping my Ching pants. Now. I'm What's excited. Up? I am just like crying. And of course, the paperwork, the packet, you see start saying like, oh, this is how much you're going to pay and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it says, because I'm not, I'm a non-resident, I have to pay. It was over, I don't know, I think it was like $60,000. Yeah, because that's just California law yeah. for schools. It was crazy. So I call them and they're like, well, you don't have a social security, so we can't offer you FAFSA. We can't offer you Cal grants. We can't offer you anything. So you're literally going to have to find that money. I was like, what? I can't do that. Yeah. For four years? Yeah. <laughs> We're so talking about it was It a was lot of so money. heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Again, and that's when I'm like, dang, like I worked so hard. Y para qué? Mm-hmm. So then that's when I started kind of thinking again. I, I think that's when I went through a, like a depression mode. I didn't know what to do. How am I going to do what my parents told me to come to do if I can't do it? If this one thing limits me at every corner that I turn. Exactly. Um, and But during that, I, I met a lot of cool people. Um, Summer Search was an awesome organization that really supported me. Um, they focus on supporting juniors and seniors, and then they help them financially through college Um with scholarships um then i had if given a chance another huge one amazing i love them they again provided me with money to go to school i actually got a scholarship from Did them to, to go to school yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love awesome it. yes yes <laughs> um they were very monumental Ten thousand degrees was another huge one and all these little families too that just had private scholarships that funded me to go to school mm-hmm. uh, but because of, of of how expensive it was then I started looking into CSUs because then, you know, the price goes down. And 100%. so um, I thought, well, I'm going to go to Sonoma State because it's in Sonoma and it's really close. It's like 20 minutes away. Again, I didn't have the privilege to go see schools to know what. Where do I go? Exactly. So I'm like, Sonoma State, Sonoma, I got this. 20 minute drive, not a problem. Mm-hmm. So I come to find out Sonoma State is not in Sonoma. It's in Roner Park. 45 minutes from here. So <laughs> a little deceiving, <laughs> just a little bit. Little things like that, that I'm just like, man, like, yo no sabia nada, you know, nada, nada. But, you know, I figure it out. If I, once I went to college, I didn't know how to sign up for my classes. You figure it out. You figure um, it out. It because was you just, don't have any other no, choice. No. And that's what comes with being an immigrant. Mm-hmm. That's what comes with being a first generation American. You just have to figure it out. And it really is as much as it is unfortunate as it is to say that there's just no other option, mm-hmm. you know, like te tienes a ti mismo. And so then there has to be a little bit of like, okay, am I going to do this for myself or am I not? Right. Because it's going to take me at yeah. the end of the day. Exactly. Um, so, you know, but it's, you start educating people. And that's when I started, my professors were very upset that I didn't apply for certain things. So I was working in the lab when I was there with them. My colleagues would get paid, 
but I couldn't get paid because I wasn't documented. Yes. And they were so upset. They're like, why aren't you, why aren't, why didn't you apply for it? Did you miss the deadline? Is that why? And I was like, actually, you know what? It's because I'm undocumented. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what does that do? And I'm like, well, I can't do this, this. And, and they were pissed. They're like, no, that, no, let's, let's figure it out. We're going to help you. So basically they would, again, I would work all year fixing lab equipment, fixing all that stuff, prepping all the labs. And then at the end of the year, they would give me a scholarship. So it's people like that, that are just like, maybe don't know what it means to be undocumented or any particular obstacle, Mm -hmm. but are there to help. Um, without them be vulnerable and open up that mean, well, there's that accountability. Absolutely. Cause yeah, I was putting my pants. I didn't want to tell anyone. It's like, yeah. well, what, what, what? Like, what? 100%. That, and that's the worst case scenario here. And we don't want to go there. So, yeah, it was just like living in fear every day. It's just, it, you quickly get over it, but you, it's still there. You know, you, you don't know if you're going to get caught being here illegally, right? Mm-hmm. That word, I hate it. Um, yeah, I don't use that word. I'm like, word. we can I call ourselves that. undocumented because nobody's illegal. Exactly. And that's facts. That. Yes, 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 girl. Yeah, because it's it was, but it's you hear that word all the time. And so growing up, you're just like, man, maybe I shouldn't be here. But then again, this is what I call home. There's yeah. there's nothing else for me that I called home. Exactly. And Mexico, you grown up here. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of thing. Um, so, and that's maybe the struggle about identity too absolutely. that you deal with because you're made to feel nidiaki, nidiaya. So mm-hmm. you're like, so where do I belong? If yeah. if I can't claim here, and I know nothing about this place that's supposed to be my quote unquote original home. Mm-hmm like where do i where do i stand where do i fit in and it's just like the fact that there are systemic societal structures that exist that continue to replay those emotions and those thought processes into incoming youths and individuals who find themselves in these spaces like that's what we have to chip away at and that's why DACA is so important and that's why having law on a federal level is so important Mm -hmm. because you have to protect people who literally like everything that you've done I'm like like what like who would sit here and be like no you're not American like what (laughs) and we all know that there's probably some people out there who think that (laughs) and that's wild to me that just like there's so many people just like me. There are thousands and thousands of people thousands. just like me that this is home and, and they don't have the rights like everybody else because this this is not where they were born. But you put in the same amount of work. Exactly. Exactly. Texas are paid, everything. So it's 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 hard. It's hard and especially during adolescence to be going through all those emotions and changes and heartbreaks and all this other stuff. Y luego aparte, all this stuff. It's no one should be dealing with that kind of stuff. No. Um, but it, it, even now, like to this day, I can't vote. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just had an election and I was sharing with you off the air that I was like Jeez. inspired by an article. I'm telling you guys, I've been stalking her for a little bit. <laughs> um, but that like I was talking to you and like I, I read an article about, you know, your struggle with that to know that as a resident, you still can't even vote, which was crazy because the nonprofit grassroots organization that I started during the election period we went out i was trying to ensure that latinos were registered to vote i was like uh uh-uh, we ain't playing around here none of that and the frustrating part for me which i just learned this last election when i was going out was 
that residents can't vote. I no. was like, wait, what? Yeah. I'm like, so you can be a resident here and live here your entire life, pay your taxes, be stitched into this community, mm-hmm. and yet you have zero say about things that affect you directly yeah. and indirectly. I'm like, there's something wrong with that. Absolutely. And I, I, a, lot, a lot of people were like, well, just become a citizen. It's like, well, I can't until I'm 33 because that's how it is. Well, so and it's just not that easy. No, absolutely and also, not. And also, like, aside from the long process that that takes, and I highly encourage anybody who wants to educate themselves to Google that thing, and your mind will explode. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're also putting on top of that language barriers, mm-hmm, education, mm-hmm, multiple mm-hmm. other things that we can sit here and create a laundry list for, mm-hmm. it, it feels impossible. Absolutely. It feels insurmountable. And then to know that someone who is born here doesn't have to answer 50,000 questions on a test and might not even know who the first president of the United States is, yep. but you need to know something that has nothing to do with anything in today's history. <laughs> and you're going to be quizzed on that. And if you don't answer it correctly, then your failure means that you can't become a citizen. It's like, how is this fair? It's it's just, you know, like, what more do I need to do to prove to, to the U.S. that I am worthy to vote? You know, I've taught your children. I've been your teacher in the community. I've I'm running a business that's supporting, you know, people locally. What more? Like, it's so, so frustrating, especially with all the stuff that's going on and not Mm -hmm. having that actual paperwork say, like, on what you believe in is, it's, it's, I don't even know. It's, it's it's this ongoing thing that I'm just like, I, there's, things need to keep get fixed. It's just, it's not okay. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. 100% so for sure. frustrating. Yeah. 100%. I want to go back to something that you said earlier when you started talking about just youth and um, the emotional mental toll that can sometimes take with knowing that maybe you might not be documented, you're a resident, how that plays out in your current life when you're dealing with all of these other things as a teen. What, what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who could maybe relate to your shoes to just give them esa esperanza mm-hmm. or whatever the the moxie the the charisma the whatever mm-hmm. for them to like keep going and like not give up on themselves because I think again this is the whole purpose with sharing these stories mm-hmm. right is knowing que no estamos solos we are not the yeah. only ones mm-hmm. too often people of color are meant to think that we're crazy for thinking certain things that we're the only ones in these shoes and it's because we're able to share these stories that we then learn no I'm, I'm not in this alone and I'm not the only one who feels like this and so I think it's really important to also share pieces of advice that maybe got you through or um, things that you looking back now would also just want to share with other people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think um, definitely the cultural stigma of not talking about things needs to go away. Mm. Um, I love that our generation is a lot more open about it. Mm. Um, I love that I, I have strong women around me that were there to listen. Um, cause yeah, you don't, you know, immediately you're not the only one that's going through all this stuff. So I think it's important to, to, to find people that have your struggles. I think that's one big piece. Um, so in, in high school, I came across this organization through Kathy Jen. She's a badass in San Francisco. She had this, uh, started this organization called E4FC and it was a group of undocumented students where she provided scholarships for 
But what she would also do is she would um, hire in all these employees that were undocumented, were students that were working, um, and to give legal advice if they were going to legal, you know, to to get their attorney or Mm -hmm. law degree. Mm -hmm. She was doing all this stuff to help you understand your journey. But amidst of that, you meet other people that are going through the same stuff. So I think the first step is talking about it with the homies, but finding homies that have the same stuff that you're dealing with. So finding those organizations locally that are there to support you, support you. Um, a lot of things that I also went through at the time, I still kind of am is, uh, my brother has autism. Mm-hmm. And so I think being a sibling of someone who has a disability is also very, has been hard for me, uh, really good things and really bad things. And so then I started meeting people who have uh, a sibling with a disability and again, latching onto those people just to talk. Honestly. Relatability. Absolutely. So I think that was honestly, without that, I don't know what I would have done. You need to find those people. You need to talk to people. It's talking about it and feeling it. Um, and just starting to hype each other up. I keep saying that word, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to find those people to really elevate you and to remind you who you are and that you you got this. It's 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 it might be that one day that you're feeling like that and tomorrow you might wake up and you're like, Why was I feeling like yeah. that? <laughs> It happens way too often. It's so often. You know, like it's even now. Like Our mood swings yeah. are like this. <laughs> Where I wake up, I'm like, dang, ¿por qué andaba tan triste ayer? Yeah, you you're know, like, drama like, queen go. yesterday. <laughs> Today I'm a chingona badass. <laughs> but it's important to talk about it because you should not feel like a chingona all the time. And that's normal. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely normal. And yeah. People think that you you cannot. You have to be absolutely perfect all the time, and that's not absolutely You have true. to have it together all the time. You no, have to know the answer. No, no. And, and it's, it's okay not. not to know. It's okay to not feel 100% all the time. Um, and it's just being in a space where you're comfortable feeling that way. Yeah. Um, so again, going back to the crew, it's just it's literally having a strong group of people that you can talk to that can relate to you and elevate you again. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that crew... Find yourself a new crew and start with one, you know, yes. don't feel like you got to have a, a whole posse no. out here, the flossy posse. Um, no, just even with one, because yes. it's not yes. quantity no. over quality. It's Absolutely the other not. way around. Mm-hmm. And it's just knowing that you've got one person who wholeheartedly is your ride or die yep. when it comes to your emotions, yep. when it comes to your dreams, when it mm-hmm. comes to anything mm-hmm. that is right there with you in your corner, ready to be yep. like how I can i support you. exactly exactly i have my best friend since i was 10 lucy i love her oh she's gosh. been that woman for me like since through it all like just the whole journey and she is the most badass high person like i cannot my life would not be the same <laughs> i absolutely love her she's she's been my shoulder to cry on she's been everything for me um but but yeah it's 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 not it's not quantity it's quality honestly so the few friends that I have, they've been key and clutch for me, honestly. So. Well, then props to those friends and <laughs> shout outs to all of them. You know who you are. Um, making sure that uh, you all feel special as well because um, you, everybody has stitched a, a, mm-hmm. a beautiful portion into who you are, the things that you've been able to build, what you continue to build for this community. If people wanted to support, if people, whether that's Honestly, I'm trying to get some financial dollars your way now that I know about this scholarship. I'm like, who's got cash that we can roll in this way? Um, No, but seriously, though, if people want to support the business, the scholarships, 
all of it. Mm-hmm. How do they stay connected with you? How do they invest? How do they support? What is the best way to go around doing that? Stocking probably yeah. doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it, there's so many ways, right? Like, I mean, if you're craving a cup of coffee instead of going to Starbucks, go to your local spot. Go to La Cheve. Go to Naysayer. Like, support your local spots. But go to La Cheve. <laughs> um, it's... it's uh, so obviously coming in and hanging out with us would be a pleasure. That would be a huge support. Um, and then we also partake, for example, with um, if given a chance, they have their their dinner coming up with their scholarship. So we are actually curating their dinner. So whenever you purchase a ticket, you're helping us and you're helping them because we're you know getting those scholarships out to those kids. Oh my gosh! That's so amazing. on May twenty fourth, um, if you buy a ticket, you're gonna get some great grub from La Cheve and you also get to to see the, the the badass individuals that got the scholarship this year. Is that link on your La Cheve webpage? It will be. Okay. Yeah, it will be. Eyes locked in. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm going to buy a ticket. So, you know, doing that and I, honestly, it's just, it's supporting these local organizations that are really doing a lot for our, our youth um, and really just being there for our youth. I think that's the best way you can support us. It's, it's, it's helping them out because honestly this is what we're doing we're just here to provide a space that's safe for everybody um but also to provide scholarships to the kids so yeah whether you come to la cheve or support if given a chance in thousand degrees the you know latino hispanic network um that you know, that's the way to go yeah that's the way to go that's yeah. the way that's a beautiful yeah. thing and i cannot get over how humble you are i'm like this girl <laughs> needs to to her own horn a whole lot more than she's given herself credit for that entire time you're like yeah you you can't support us if you want or you can go to this other local business i'm like yeah those local businesses are great support local always and i'm like but we right here with you because you are a badass chingona who is doing the damn thing besides any obstacles that came your way besides all of the no's that entered your life through covid through everything you have sustained and like i mentioned right at the beginning you have been that light for everybody around you Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know this is why we need our circle because we don't always feel like we're the light but Mm -hmm. it is so important to be reminded of that and i'm here to let you know that you are an incredible being and this has literally just been like the coolest thing that i've done all week (laughs) probably all month i'm just like oh my god i finally got to sit down and talk with her like this is so cool (laughs) you're so sweet thank you you're so sweet i'm like geeking out over here i'm like she's probably gonna think i'm weird (laughs) no 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 (laughs) so you heard it you need to make sure that you keep an eye out on la cheva's webpage the webpage to la cheva is i love la cheva.com oh look at how easy it is all you're <laughs> writing out is that you love la cheva which you will <laughs> the moment you go visit um so make sure you are keeping an eye on i love la cheva.com so you can get access to um this incredible foundation if given a chance it's going to be providing some scholarships la cheva right here making sure that they're putting the entire menu together um a great way for you to not just eat good but do some good um i know a lot of you have those stimulus checks just waiting around trying to ask yourself what am i spending this on <laughs> no but, but seriously though if if you are here to support if you want to find out how to get involved how do we empower youth how do we elevate our youth and not just youth but our undocumented youth that sometimes is faced with so many other challenges that 
other people don't have to even think about or fathom. Um, this is a way for you to directly get involved. This is a way for you to go ahead and give back and directly support people on their own dreams so that we can not just continue dreaming, but we can actually do. Yes. I love that. You're oh a badass. God. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> Yes <right>. to you. <laughs> Amiga, it has been an absolute placer. Oh, cheers, I cheers, am cheers, so cheers. grateful to be sitting in this chair with you for this conversacion um, and to keep sipping from your cup and all of the beautiful things that you bring to this comunidad. I am so grateful for you. Gracias. Gracias. You're so sweet. Thank you. Salud. <laughs> cheers. Big sip.